Eggplant, and I am so thrilled and excited to have as our guest today, Don Ticia Seymour. Hey, Don Ticia, how are you? Hey, how are you? Wow, so Don Ticia, you know, you know I'm going to have to boast on you now. I'm sorry okay. to do this to you. But I love it. <laughs> okay, I met Don Ticia in a training program online, and of all the people in that program, I have to say that in like two months, you were like at six figures. You're, and you're like, oh, you know, nothing happened. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, how do you do that? So, so I'm really excited. And I, would, I would love for you to share your story today. But let's just start with who exactly do you serve? What is your company all about? Tell us uh, about the challenges your, your clients deal with when they come to you. Tell us about you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me here today. I'm so excited to speak to your audience about what we're doing and to kind of just let you know how I got to where I am and how my clients are getting to where they're going in life. Um, so I am Don T.C. Seymour, Chief Inventor and Founder at The Product Yard. I help aspiring inventors build funds and launch their consumer products into the marketplace. Um, I have a program called Before the Tank, which is like the precursor to what do you do when you want to get your product in front of the sharks on Shark Tank. Everyone wants to be on Shark Tank. No one knows how to get there, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I need to make sure that I create a clear pathway for people who have ideas for inventions to get on to like a program like a Shark Tank or to get in front of investors. But to do all of that, you have to have a product, right? And the main thing is people just don't know where to go don't know who to trust and don't know how to build their products. And so that's what we do is we, we teach them how to build their products from start to finish, including um, protecting it with a patent and all kinds of stuff. So that's what I do. Essentially, that's what my company does. We have some amazing inventors in our program that are crushing it. And I'm just excited for them and what they're going to do in the future. You know, Dantisia, I have to tell you, one of the most exciting things about the way you describe yourself mm -hmm. is that you are a facilitator of dreams. Yes. Yes. Talk to yeah. me about that because, look, we all carry these dreams. We want to, some of us, as you said, have inventions. We have mm -hmm. things we want to achieve, but it's like, how do you connect the dots from here to there? So how do you help people facilitate their dreams? Absolutely. So the thing about inventions, like when you think about it, I'm sure that 90% of you that are listening right now are watching, you have an idea for an invention or you've had an idea in the past and you see it come up on an infomercial and you're like, I thought of that 10 years ago. And then you're like beating yourself up, yeah. right? A lot of people daydream about what they like, what, what they want their life to look like, what mm. they want their business to look like, what kind of product they want to bring into the marketplace. They're daydreaming. They're not doing anything. They're just dreaming about it. Yeah. And then some actually are trying actively to work on it. And they've been stuck. They've been trying for five years, seven years, six months. Um, and I had one client who was trying for 14 years. Wow. And they've been trying and they've been trying to get it off the ground and trying to build it, but they've been running into all, into all of these roadblocks. Mm -hmm. So I call myself a facilitator of dreams because I actually go in and I pull out that dream. Mm. It out. It's like, what is the dream? What is the vision? What is your why? What do you want your life to look like two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? What mm. kind of legacy are you trying to build and leave behind? And then I say, okay, now that we have that groundwork laid, mm -hmm. how do we get there? Mm -hmm. Let's come up with a plan to get you there. And mm -hmm. so I facilitate those dreams and make them reality. And so that's why I call myself a facilitator of dreams, because this typically happens in people's daydreams or mm -hmm. night dreams or, mm -hmm. you know, anytime dreams. <laughs> you know, one of the things that you said once to me when we were having a chat was you said you always ask questions three times. You ask, why do you want that dream? Okay. Why do you want that dream after the second answer? Why do you want that dream? I mean, you literally pull these dreams out of people, don't yeah. you? 
Yeah, because people aren't honest with themselves. Mm. They're not honest with strangers and they're not honest with themselves. And that's because they don't want to admit like the thing at the bottom, the thing that hurts. Mm. That's the reason that that makes them want to do this. They typically say, oh, I want to be able to travel with my family. Well, Mm. why is traveling with your family so important? Yeah. Oh, because, you know, we, I come from a small, you know, small town and we've never really seen anything outside of our state. Mm. Well, why is that an issue? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you get down to the, because I don't want to feel like a small being in this huge world. Like wow. he, and they would have never said that on the first why. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were you know, at the they, logical, they were at the logical state, but now right. you down to the emotional, didn't you? Right. So yeah. you, I have to get to the root of like, what is the pain that is driving this desire? Because we're going to always go back to that pain when time gets tough, because times are going to get tough. Yes. Building a product is hard. It's difficult. And sometimes you want to just be like, oh, I don't really want to do this anymore. And I'm going to say, remember, you said that you were tired of feeling small mm, mm, in a big world. Mm. So you're Are you like- ready to go back to feeling small? No. So- exactly. But if I had said, oh, you said you wanted to travel with your family. They're like, oh, that's okay. I don't have to travel with my family. That's yeah. not going to move them as much, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why I do that. You know, I just keep digging. I'm like, Mm-mm, that's not the thing. I need to get to the pain. Absolutely. So, 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 you know, so you're like a, you're, you're a coach, you know, I'm sure, you know, you'd probably say it's, it's a, it's a tough love thing sometimes, but yep. it's really, you know, coaching and, and guiding. What are some of the biggest myths, right? Or misconceptions, you know, that, that your client base usually come with like things they believe in one way, but you really have to help them shift those beliefs. What kind of beliefs are those that people come with? Well, a lot of it has to do with whether or not they think their product is going to be a big deal. A lot of times I'm like, well, what do you expect to happen with this? And it's like, oh, I just want to make, you know, six figures, like $100,000, just enough to live off comfortably. No one's really going to buy this thing. Mm. And I'm like, well, why would you even, you, you're setting the bar so low. You're putting up these roadblocks and you're making excuses now. Mm-hmm. So when it's time to get this big, scary thing off the ground, mm-hmm. you can kind of slow your, slowly go into it or mm-hmm. give yourself excuses as to why you're not going to be huge. Mm. Right. And so there's the whole, well, I don't know if anyone's going to like it. I'm afraid if people are going to just say it's stupid. Like that's the biggest thing. People are afraid of sharing fear and with the word, with the world. Yeah. Like they don't want to be rejected. Rejection is like the number one cause of fear. Wow. Right. It's why people mm-hmm. don't fall in love. It's why people don't quit their jobs. It's why mm-hmm. people don't put new things out into the world. It's mm-hmm. because they don't want people to look at it, judge them and reject them. Mm. So, so it's painful. Yeah, so, so Danticia, how do you help people get past your, your clients? They've got ideas. They've got vision. They've got all these things. How do you get, help them get past those fears? There's power in no. Ooh. Oh, you got to say that again. I'm sorry. What did you just say? <laughs> I said there's power in no. In no. Okay. Yeah, there Ooh. is power. So what that does, when someone tells you no, mm. it opens up a space to get a yes from somewhere else. You know mm. what I'm saying? So like, and, and, I'm, and I'm not a dating coach, but I'm going to use this analogy because it's really easy to like understand. You're thinking about a guy, you're thinking about a girl, and you're obsessed with them in your mind. You have this crush three months, six months, a year, painfully think mm-hmm. about, thinking about this person. You don't want to say anything because you don't want them to reject you, right? Mm-hmm. One day you get brave enough and you say, you know, what? I really don't want to just be friends. I like you more than friends. And they say, oh no, that's not how I see this at all. <laughs> yeah. And then the space, the space opens up. Now you can. Well, and initially you're just like crushed, right? Yeah. But what happens is your brain mm-hmm. instantly turns off the obsession. It's almost instantaneous. 
Hmm. Your brain says, this is not an option. And then what happens is the hours that you were spending obsessing over this person, you now have the space to obsess over something more productive or someone else who's going to be, who's going to reciprocate that. So I tell my clients all the time, there's power in no. For every person that tells you no, you're opening up the space to get 10 yeses. I love that. I've never heard it said that way before. So whoever's listening to this, right? Write this one down. There is power in no. Thank you, Dr. Ticia. You're welcome. Okay. So, so now we've, we've talked about fear. Uh, we've mm-hmm. talked about how you help them sort of gain a new perspective about, about no, right? About re- yeah. rejection. What other obstacles, the more tangible ones regarding the building of products, right? Yeah. The bringing of an invention to market. I mean, that's a huge challenge. How do right. you address those other obstacles with your clients? So, you know, I'm a person that just really looks at the data. It's like, what can we do? Like, what's the real problem here? Is the problem emotion-based or is the problem like you legitimately can't do this because it's illegal? Right. So because that's a big thing in our in our in our industry is we deal with products that are patented. Right. Uh-huh. And so all of my clients go through a patent search. I don't care how they feel about it. I don't care if it's going to crush their, their spirits and their dreams. But everyone goes through a patent search and they're all nervous because they're like, what if someone has already patented my product? Just because something isn't out in the marketplace doesn't mean that it isn't protected already. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's the first thing they do. So that's the biggest hump they have to overcome mm-hmm. is what that patent search is going to say. Um, and that's the obstacle for a lot of them, because sometimes there is a product that is very similar. And mm-hmm. so that, you know, getting a patent could be a bit more difficult for them. And so we really look at how to design it in a way that doesn't infringe on someone else's IP, but mm-hmm. still offers the solution they're trying to, to solve. Like, how do we improve upon what's out there? How do we change it to where your thing is uniquely different and yeah. then you get a patent for it? And I think that goes back to um, the power of no, right? There is, there is something beautiful about having information. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like you're holding on to the fear of what if someone does this and you don't know. And then you get the patent search back and now you know exactly yeah. what you can't do. And yeah. when you know what you can't do, you now can figure out what you can. Absolutely. And so you that's know, the biggest thing. So, so from a, from a, maybe from a case study perspective, I already know your story. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. you've quickly gone from, you know, wherever you were, the big ticket stuff you did mm-hmm. to bigger ticket you've hired employees you're you're in six figures maybe even approaching seven but Mm -hmm. tell us about your clients and the kind of hope that they can have about you know achieving success you know what what's possible for your your possible clients Man, my clients are rock stars. They are out here killing it. They are. I have one client who had a baby product. She did a convention and sold out. She went uh-huh. to like a baby convention. She sold out of her product. She got picked up by academies, um, really like daycare academies. Uh-huh. And um, she's working right now to pitch to HSN to sell her product on television. Wow. I had another client who's going to completely disrupt the towing industry. The and towing industry? Did you say towing. the towing? Towing. Towing. Yeah. Like car towing. Towing. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Completely disrupt the industry. And so we pitched this product to a tire company, to a national tire company, because it's a product that goes around your tires to keep, to help them get out of mud and snow when it's Mm -hmm. not, when it's stuck. Mm -hmm. And he got a a, um, six figure licensing deal. I mean, this was maybe like four months after we were done building his product. I have someone who didn't have an idea three months ago. It's not even three months. It'd be three months and four days. Mm-hmm. She had an idea. She didn't even have an idea for, for three months ago. And she came to me. She's like, I really want to do this. And I decided to work with her privately for the first two weeks uh-huh. to really hone in on a good idea. She got her second prototype yesterday. Wow. I mean, she's going to start making money in two weeks. 
And she didn't have an idea. She didn't even have an idea. Wow. She didn't have an idea. <laughs> so she goes live every Sunday night and she's sharing this process with people because I tell people, share the journey, share mm -hmm. the journey. If you're selling something, share the journey because they'll be invested and they'll support you. She's been doing these lives every Sunday night. She has people like, tell me when you're going to drop the link. You got a million dollar product. I'll buy your product. Like hundreds of people every Sunday night just can't wait for her to drop her thing. Mm -hmm. So like she's going from being on social security and taking care of wow. her convalescent mom mm -hmm. to being able to launch a six-figure business before the end of the year. Wow. All from being able to turn an idea into reality, right? And, and that, that whole process. Reality. I always profitable say profitable reality. Profitable we don't, reality. We don't build products to sit on the mantelpiece. We build products to make money. Okay. Okay. So, okay, Dantisi, I have to ask you, right? Okay, mm -hmm. so you're, you're comfortable being the person that helps you know, shine the light for other people. I get that. Yeah. But I want to know about you. Okay. I want to okay. know, I, I want to know, I mean, you know, one of the things that I, that I, that we've talked about and you, you mentioned before is that, you know, several years ago, you literally, you, you got, you lost your job and, and yeah. you had to pick yourself up. I mean, who picked you up or what picked you up? How did you get from, from there, from losing that job to, to helping other people create six figure successes in their lives? How did you do that? My story is actually very unique. I was not an inventor. Like I was never, that was not my plan for my life. That was not something I even understood. Um, I was in politics. Like I worked for the mayor's office, governor's office. I was running for city council um, at one point. I was a straight up politician. And so like, this was not the path that I saw myself going down at all. Mm -hmm. And I was laid off um, after we switched administrations. I was laid off. Mm -hmm. and had to figure out what I was going to do for myself. And yeah. since I had all that background in fundraising and um, like strategy, I started consulting on business strategy, organizing for large issues, as well as nonprofits, just helping people raise like millions of dollars for their issue mm -hmm. campaigns. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I had a special skill and talent that I could start doing this for my personal issues, things that I liked, you know? And so I started raising money for um, like women um, and leadership and empowerment and um, youth against violence and fitness. And so I started having all of these big events in our city and just bringing people together to improve the conditions of our city. And while I was doing that, um, a large nonprofit asked mm -hmm. me to come and be their VP of development. Got it. And I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. Let's do this for a little bit. I can kind of sit back and collect a check for a while. That'll be nice. <laughs> and um, two and a half months into it, I was sick. I was just like, this is, this is not what I want. Like, I don't want to be constrained because I was working so much. I didn't have time to do anything. You mean, you mean sick and tired of the situation, right? Not physically. I was, I was starting to get physically sick. Wow. I was starting to physically, and it happens, people, it happens to people all the time to where they're physically ill, can't get out of bed, stomach hurts, head hurts. They're fine Friday afternoon, <laughs> Sunday night, Monday night, yeah. they're sick, like yeah. physically ill because mentally they are fighting whatever desire they have to break free, right? Mm, and so they're putting mm. themselves through that, that pain. And I had this idea for the products and I had kind of had it going on in the background, but I was so busy working. And then about three months into the contract, I actually left. I sent them an email and said, I will not be coming back. Mm. I was just like, because I had tasted what life was like. Yeah, it's like a defining moment for you. Yeah, huh? I had tasted it. And so it, it's like, okay, I'm going to go back to this comfortable place. And I was there and I was like, oh, this is not fun. 
Absolutely. at all. Like, I want to get back to this place of freedom. And so I just sent an email saying, I'm not coming back in and I'm going to pursue this product thing because I was getting a lot of traction around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and about three, three, four days later, mm-hmm. I had a Kickstarter campaign that I launched and we funded it in three days. We raised $15,000 in three days. Wow. And that is when I knew that I had made the right decision mm-hmm. and that it was time to really step out on fade and like go all in for my products. But that first year was not all fine. Yeah. It, it wasn't all, you know, <laughs> fun and games. There was some no. struggle, right? Yeah. There's a lot of struggles. There are a lot of struggles. There was one incident I remember vividly where I was coming out of the house to take my daughter to school. She was in private school at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was coming out of the house to take her to school and the car was gone. Whoa. And she felt someone had stolen the car. Okay. Wow. She's like, Mommy, someone stole your car. And I was like, Oh, baby, I got it. It's okay. Um, let me call your dad and have him come pick you up. No one stole the car. I couldn't afford to keep the car. I couldn't keep oh, up with the payments. Yeah. And they took the car overnight. Wow. And, you know, I actually, what's funny is I actually made enough money within that day or two to get the car back. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I felt like, you know what? No. Mm. We need to double down on this business. I, it's, it's almost as, as if God was removing all of the excess stuff Yes. for yeah. me to really focus on the business. It's like, okay, that $4,000 you can put into your business. That's right. Like, and double down on this thing and double down on this thing. And it took a year. We were in the hole like 28000 that first year. Wow. And then we turned it around and sold like 60,000 units the next year. You know, Dantesia, I have to thank you for, frankly, your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, cause I know how successful you are now, mm-hmm. but to hear that story and the gut-wrenching feeling of, mm-hmm. of, of how, how low you had to go just to get to where you are. You know, the moral of the story I'm hearing is that mm-hmm. whatever we, anyone who's listening, whatever we have inside of us, don't abandon it. You had your politics and, and your, your speaking ability and your ability to raise funds inside of you all along. Mm-hmm. And those jobs that, that, that you didn't like could not destroy those things, right? Yeah. And, and, and finally, you let that out. And now you've blossomed into fully going after yeah. it, millions and stuff. It's, it's your thing. Yeah. yeah. It's actually your talent, isn't it? That's what you want. It is my talent, yeah. It's, it's, I'm really good at sales. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I, I, I was there. I convince people to give me money. Yeah. So, okay, so, so um, you know, I'm just going to tell on myself a little bit. When we were in this training program, I had barely scratched, you know, my first 10K a, a mm-hmm. month, you know. And I was excited when I was telling you, hey, Dalticia, you know, with some other folks on, on the call, I scratched my first 10K per month. And she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I got six figures this, this month myself. That is not how I said it. Well, it sounded like, you know, I mean, I mean, how did you say it? How did you I was say like, that it? is so great. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. I was like, that is so awesome. Congratulations. And I was like, yeah, I haven't really talked about it because I don't want to make people like feel. I was like, but I did it like 16 years the second month I was in the program. Yeah, but you want to know the truth? It still felt just as bad. <laughs> it was like, what? I better not I was really about excited. My, I was, my, I was my, really my excited. All right, well, that's really exciting. So as we sort of arrive at you know, the moral of your story was you had these core talents, the politics, the fundraising, you've transferred them out of the not so good place into a place where you're helping others. Mm-hmm. If you were to sort of give us the moral of your story and, and what other people who had these hopes and dreams should do, what would that be? 
You know, I think that we have to identify what it is we want our lives to look like. It's really easy to say, oh, whatever your dream is, go for it. But it doesn't matter what your dream is, because when times get hard, if you don't know why you're going for it, you're going to go back to the thing that you hate it most. Yeah. Right. The thing that's comfortable, the thing that's easy, the sure fire thing. You're going to go back to that. And so I tell people all the time, identify your why. Like if you identify your why. Um, there is a guy. Oh God, his name is like is Michael. It, Michael. The comedian? Is it the comedian? Yes. 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 That video. That video oh. oh, my God. That three minute video is actually the first lesson in my course. Yes. Ooh. That video. You want to know the truth? Same with mine. I actually, it's the first video I show in one of yeah. my training programs where you go from singing like this, yeah, I believe, and then you figure out your yeah. why. It's like, yeah, I believe. You know? Yes. No, seriously. It is, it, I mean, after the welcome video, yeah. Yeah. the first lesson is that identify your why is that video. And then there's questions, you know, all the questions that I asked that I forced them to answer on a piece of paper and sent to me. Um, but no, that video, it's so profound because it's like when you know why you're doing something, your what doesn't matter. Yes. Right? Yes. It doesn't matter what your what is. Yes. So it's like if your why is to change the world through innovation, how you do that is not important because mm. if you have that why that guides you, the how will show up. The yes. how can show up in five different ways. It doesn't matter if you're still doing the thing that you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And so I don't really spend as much time on what is it that you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. It's like, why do you want to do this thing? Like, what's your why? What's the thing that's going to move you? Okay, now what are some things that you can do that mm -hmm. will get you there? Mm -hmm. And then choose the path of least resistance. <laughs> like, what's the path of least resistance? And then once you've done that, all right, choose a harder path now. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's what we work on is like, we really work from our why. And whenever one of them, the inventors say in the group that they're just frustrated, they're tired. And I'll say, remember now, cause I remember everybody's why I don't know how I do it, <laughs> but it's like, I, I may forget their products sometimes, yeah. but I don't forget people's why, because that's, it's, you know, how they have that, um, that net, that game where like the memory game where you attach a word to a letter. Yes. I attach their names to their why. Wow. Wow. So, so when I hear when I hear Regina, I think Regina has three kids. She wants to provide a better life for her kids and have college paid for in full and have a house for her mom. And she wants her family to never know struggle. Like when I think of their names, I think of their whys. Wow. wow. I, I forget what Regina's product is. <laughs> but, but the why, but the why. <laughs> I don't know why. I can't remember what her product is right now to save my life, but I know what her why is. You know, you know what's, what's interesting? I haven't done this exercise, but I can tell you that my why has something to do with you know, using the power of music and storytelling mm -hmm. to help people improve their lives, you know, tell their yeah. story. Uh, you're going to have to help me figure out the way music to save my wife. Music, you know, music is so powerful. Yeah, yeah. But, but in, in closing, what is your why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go there, huh? I want you so, to go there. <laughs> so I come from poverty. Like my entire family, generations of poverty. We all lived in the projects growing up. Like my aunts, they all live. We all lived in the same court or the same community in different yeah. buildings. Yeah. Um, I was the first in my family to graduate from college. My siblings have all graduated from college. My cousins, they haven't. Mm -hmm. um, so my why is to provide a legacy for my family to where they can all live out their dreams. Like that's wow. my why. 
It's like I wanted to have like a manor called Haley Manor. That's after my my grandmother's maiden name. So Mm -hmm. we all have our houses together and we're all living together and that they don't ever feel like they can't do something. Mm. So I'm doing this so that my family, my daughter, my grandchildren, you know, my nieces, my nephew, they never know what it's like to Mm. not be able to do the thing that they want to do. Yes. Like I want them to choose this isn't what I want to do. Not, I can't do this because I don't have the resources to do yeah. it. Yeah. And so my why is, is family, like deeply family rooted mm-hmm. um, because I do have cousins and um, aunts and uncles and I hear them talk about their dreams and it, it makes me want to cry mm-hmm. that I already can't help them. You know, that I, that I already can't say, you know, here's a check. Yeah. to fund this thing here's here's a way to get you there here's you know access to these resources to make this happen and so like it is a thing that drives me like mm-hmm. my family being able to do whatever they want to do in life without restraint is my why powerful powerful and you know what i bet you a, a few people on, on listening to this can relate to that mm-hmm. um Dantesia, i want to thank you so much for for this time and for sharing your stories with us and, and your success with us. And I wish you just more, more success uh, going you. forward. How can people reach you? Um, you know, what's the best way? Is it website? Is I mean, you know, what, what's your. Yes. So if you direct, if you, if you like, you're hearing this and you're like, I have an idea for an invention. I definitely, definitely want to build it. There's no hesitation. I want to talk to someone about it. You can go to lifebeforethetank.com forward slash talk and schedule okay. a call with our team. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll get lucky and I'll be on the other end. Sometimes okay. you won't. <laughs> it just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want more information and you want like some guides and some free training, just go to com. I have a free training there as well as some guides you can download that will kind of give you some information as you're trying to suss out whether or not, suss out whether or not this is something you want to do. All so, right. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. So, everyone, it's life before the tank forward slash talk. And- well, dot com. Well, life. okay. Yep. Let's, let me say that again. <laughs> it's lifebeforethetank.com, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Forward slash talk. And mm-hmm. uh, you'll be able to get a hold of Danticia that way. Danticia, thank you so much. It's been just an amazing thank pleasure. You. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. All right. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, okay? You too.